Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the fourth Sunday in Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Micah. The Lord says this, You, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, the least of the clans of Judah, out of you will be born for me, the one who is to rule over Israel. His origin goes back to the distant past, to the days of old. The Lord is therefore going to abandon them till the time when she who is to give birth gives birth. Then the remnant of his brothers will come back to the sons of Israel. He will stand and feed his flock with the power of the Lord, with the majesty of the name of his God. They will live secure, for from then on he will extend his power to the ends of the land. He himself will be peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, Make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hear us. Shine forth from all your cherubim throne. O Lord, rouse up your might. O Lord, come to our help. Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. God of hosts, turn again, we implore. Look down from heaven and see. Visit this vine and protect it, the vine your right hand has planted. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. May your hand be on the man you have chosen, the man you have given your strength, and we shall never forsake you again. Give us life that we may call upon your name. Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. This is what Christ said, on coming into the world. You who wanted no sacrifice or oblation, prepared a body for me. You took no pleasure in holocausts or sacrifices for sin. Then I said, Just as I was commanded in the scroll of the book, God, here I am. I am coming to obey your will. Notice that he says first, You did not want what the law lays down as the things to be offered, that is, the sacrifices, the oblations, the holocausts, and the sacrifices for sin, and you took no pleasure in them. And then he says, Here I am. I am coming to obey your will. He is abolishing the first sort, to replace it with the second. And this will was for us, to be made holy by the offering of his body, made once and for all by Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia. I am the servant of the Lord. May his will for me be done. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary set out and went as quickly as she could to a town in the hill country of Judah. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now, as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gave a loud cry and said, Of all women you are the most blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yes, blessed is she who believed that the promise made her by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's something that I've always found a little strange about the account of Mary's visitation to her cousin Elizabeth. It's this notion of the leaping of the unborn John the Baptist. And it's curious because the evangelist Luke really seems to make a point out of it, since he mentions it twice in the space of a couple of lines. First, we hear the narrator's voice. It says, Now, as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth confirms once again in her own words what has happened. She says, From the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. It's as if Luke's giving us a bit of a whack across the back of the head and saying, Pay attention. This is important. Now, if you remember at the Annunciation, the Archangel Gabriel tells the Virgin Mary that Elizabeth is in her sixth month. So she's already a fair way along in her pregnancy. Perhaps it's fair to assume that her unborn baby would be kicking and moving quite a bit by this stage. So, so why is this baby leaping such an important detail? What makes it so out of the ordinary? Well, to shed light on the matter, we need to go back to the Old Testament to something called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you've ever seen Indiana Jones, this is the thing they were looking for in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Anyway... The Ark of the Covenant was a large gold chest which God commanded Moses to build on Mount Sinai. And in the Ark were kept a few things. First, the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Those stone tablets on which the finger of God had written his word. Then there was also a jar of manna. You know, the bread which God fed the Israelites with as they wandered through the desert toward the promised land. And lastly, it contained the staff of Aaron, who was the first priest of the tribe of Levi. So the Ark of the Covenant and its contents was the most precious thing that Israel possessed. And God told Moses that the Ark was the place where God himself would dwell. So as the 12 tribes of Israel wandered those 40 years in the wilderness, they always had the Ark of the Covenant among them. And in this way, they knew that God was in their midst. God was with them. The Ark, it was treasured by the Israelites. 
and it was the sign that they were the chosen people of God. It contained the very word of God, which was written in stone. It contained the food which God gave to sustain them. And it contained Aaron's staff, that sign of priestly power, which brought God and Israel together in happy friendship. Now, from the earliest times, Christians have seen that the Ark of the Covenant is really just a prefiguring of Mary. Mary is the fulfillment and the perfection of the Ark. Why? Well, where the Ark contained these two stone tablets, the Word of God written on stone, within the Virgin Mary is contained the Word of God written in flesh. In the womb of the Virgin, the Son of God becomes incarnate. And, you know, as the Gospel of John says, the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Now, where the Ark of the Covenant contained the manna in the desert, Mary contains the bread of life. The manna in the desert fed the Israelites to sustain them in their journey to the Promised Land. But within the Virgin Mary is the body of Christ, the true bread come down from heaven, who would nourish our journey, not to Palestine, but to the true promised land of heaven. Within the Ark of the Covenant was the staff of Aaron, a symbol of his priesthood. But contained within Mary's womb is the true high priest, the one who would reconcile the world with God, Christ the true mediator between God and man, because he is both God and man. And so the Ark of the Covenant was, for Israel, the sign that God was dwelling with his people. It was the sign of the presence of God. And this is why it was kept, once the temple was built, in the Holy of Holies. Because that was God's dwelling place, his presence among his people. But look at the Virgin Mary. She's the new Ark of the Covenant because she has within her the one who is called Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. You know, when we pray the Litany of Our Lady, the Litany of Loretto, one of the titles we give Mary is Ark of the Covenant precisely because she is the new and perfect Ark. All right, so let's go back to the original question. What's the big deal about John the Baptist leaping in the womb of his mother Elizabeth when he encounters Mary, the Ark of the Covenant? Well, again, we've got to go back to the Old Testament. When David becomes the king of Israel, He establishes his residence in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem comes to be the capital, the heart of the nation. And it's at this point that David says that the Ark of the Covenant, which was kept in a nearby town, should come to Jerusalem. Knowing how powerful and precious the Ark is, he has second thoughts and he says, well, why should I be honoured that the Ark of the Lord should come to me? But after a little while, he persists, and when the Ark of the Covenant comes to Jerusalem, David dances before the Ark, 
And with all his might and with shouts and the sounds of trumpets, David leads the ark into Jerusalem, leaping and dancing with joy. It's an ecstatic sort of moment, and God comes to dwell with his people. The Ark of the Covenant is among us. Well, in the light of the actions of King David, suddenly a leaping baby makes a whole lot of sense. This isn't just a restless baby kicking his mother as he repositions himself. This is a jubilant exaltation in front of Mary, the Ark of the Covenant. Like David, Elizabeth says, Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? Why should I be honoured with a visit from the true Ark of the Covenant? And like David, John the Baptist leaps in delight before this Ark of the Covenant, this virgin who is with child, the definitive sign that God is with us. In a whole new and unexpected way, God has broken into history. He has taken human flesh and encountering the word of God in the womb of the virgin, encountering the bread of life in the virgin, encountering Christ the high priest, that is a moment of exultant joy. All of this scriptural detail serves as an indication to us of what's truly going on in the hill country of Judea when Mary meets Elizabeth. Now, this isn't just an intellectual exercise. It's not just some interesting biblical tidbits. It strikes us at the heart. Because we don't simply look back 2,000 years as external observances at this beautiful encounter. No, we're there. We're in it. Because the joy of Elizabeth, the joy of John the Baptist, is exactly the kind of joy that should be inspired within each of us when we meet the virgin who is with child. When it truly dawns on us that God has come into the world to dwell with us, When we consider the precious contents of the Ark of the Covenant, this precious unborn child who is Emmanuel, how can we fail to leap for joy as well? This jubilant joy comes from the encounter with Jesus. And all through Advent, we've waited with expectation. We've desired the coming of the Lord. And here in the Gospel, we see what happens when the expectation of Elizabeth meets the expected one in Jesus. When the desire of Elizabeth meets the desired one in Jesus. The result is sheer delight. And this is the grace that we ask from our Lord Jesus for Christmas Day. That through prayer we might encounter the one for whom we have waited with longing and desire. And it seems to me that this last week of Advent, the church is telling us to turn especially to Mary, the Ark of the Covenant, the bringer of Emmanuel, God with us. Let's ask her to bless this week of preparation for the Nativity of the Lord.
so that she may come visit us with her most precious cargo. With Jesus, the one who causes us to leap for joy. In 2005, Pope Benedict said this, Joy is the true gift of Christmas, not the expensive gifts that call for time and money. And it's this joy that's to be found in encountering Jesus himself, brought to us in the hands of Mary, his mother. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.